0: I'm Janet Hartley, Professor of International History, Head of Department, International History Department. This is a history of Russia from 1682 to 1825. It starts with Peter the Great, the Tsar who westernized, modernized Russia and made Russia part of the European world. We look at why Russia became a great power in this period, what territory she took, what military successes she had, by the end of the period, Russia was a great power. In 1814, Alexander I marched down the Champs Elysees in Paris, the furthest west Russia has ever got, and there were shockwaves throughout Europe. At the same time, Russia stagnated domestically, and the course ends in 1825 with the revolt against the Tsar by the most privileged members of the elite. This is a second year course, so there are lectures and classes. But the lectures are on broad themes and the classes are on more specific themes. I also have a course presentation mark, 15%, which I find works extremely well. The students do it very well. They're far better with IT than I am. All the students participate and they get to know each other better. And it simply makes a a much more engaging and productive class. The course is chronological, mostly. We look at the domestic policy of Peter, the foreign policy of Peter, the domestic policy of Catherine the Great, her foreign policy, the Napoleonic Wars. But we look at some things thematically. We look at popular revolt. We look at the treatment of non-ethnic Russian minorities. And we look at Siberia as well. That's because Siberia occupies about 70 percent of the Russian Empire and because I've recently written a book on it. Well, they'll learn about Russia, about how Russia revolves and becomes a great power. They'll also learn some of the difficulties about how a country westernizes and modernizes, of which Russia is just one example. They'll see the problems that Russia faced in trying to do that and the costs of modernization. If I can give an example, in the end, in the Napoleonic Wars, Russia won. It wasn't a modern country. By our standards, it had none of what we would call the attributes of a modern country, political, social, economic, yet it beat the most modern country in the world, Napoleonic France. So I think we do have to look at how that came about and what the consequences were, and that has a broader implication than simply looking at Russia. They'll certainly learn a lot more about Russia, why Russia is what it is, why it occupies the territory that it does. Russia, for example, got the Crimea not in the modern period, but in my period, in the late 18th century. And she took the Crimea not from Ukraine, but from the Ottoman Empire. So they will learn about great power status and they'll learn about some of the domestic problems that Russia faces today, as well as in the 18th century, in the early 19th century. Problems about society, about intellectual development, about political development, But also practical physical problems, about how you rule a country and run a country which is just so enormous, where distances are so great and where the climate is often so hostile. So they will learn about Russia, but they'll also learn about the relationship between Russia and Europe. And a question that's always tormented both Westerners and Russians, how much is Russia part of Europe? How do Russians perceive themselves as part of Europe? How do Europeans perceive Russia? And that issue is as relevant today as it was in the early 18th century when Peter the Great started to westernise Russia.